0: This podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Channel Factory, who ensure that your advertising appears in the most brand safe and brand suitable environments across all of your YouTube campaigns. Welcome back to another episode of the Blooming North podcast, where each month we delve into topics designed to inspire you, empower you, and guide you towards a more fulfilling life, both personally and professionally. As you may know, this year Bloom North are partnering with Mustard Tree in order to fund some fantastic initiatives that they run for women and families in the Northwest. Our motto has always been to use the Bloom North community to raise women up, and this week we're delighted to be joined by CEO of Mustard Tree, Joe Walby. Hi Joe. Hi Rachel. Lovely to have you. And services manager Fiona Nelson. Hi Rachel. Hi to find out a little bit more about the current situation and why the Bloom North Committee felt compelled to support Mustard Tree. So you're both very welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Can I start by asking you both just to introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about your background and your current roles at Mustard Tree?
1: Great, well, thanks very much for inviting us. We're absolutely delighted to be here today and to support Bloom because um, we just really support what you're trying to do and what you are doing around empowering women. So I came to Muster Tree five years ago, so like many people, um, I'd noticed the rise of rough rough sleeping and the rise of people sleeping on the streets, and what I couldn't understand was, in this day and age, and in I think we're the fourth richest country in the world, why we've got people sleeping on the floor. Um, And it was also at the time that Andy Burnham came in for his first um, term as mayor, and um, he said that he wanted to get rid of homelessness, and I thought that was a really ambitious um, objective, at a time when there was not a lot of ambition in politics, I think. Um, so for those reasons, um, I looked at whether I could get more involved. I'd spent the last eight years working for a social enterprise called the Big Life Group. Um, and prior to that, I'd worked in IT uh, for 12 years in the private sector.
0: Very interesting. You're now currently CEO of Mustard Tree. I'm currently
1: CEO of Mustard Tree, as I say. I've been here for five years. So i um, over the last five years, we've uh, undergone a bit of a transformation. We were fortunate enough to be given our, our building in the centre of Ancotes. Um We managed to raise some money to get the building um, redesigned and uh, uh, recommissioned. Um, and now we welcome over 10,000 people a month that come into the charity.
0: It's a fantastic facility. I went and paid you a visit um, a few weeks ago and I was super impressed. Um, we'll go into a little bit more detail on everything you do there, um, but firstly, we'll... Hear a bit more from you, Fiona, on your background and what your role is at Mustard Tree.
2: Okay, uh, my role at the moment, um, I've been promoted to head of services. So I joined the charity actually 12 years ago. So I've been there a long time and have seen a lot of change um, during those 12 years. I started as a volunteer. Um, My background has mainly been um, fashion design and textiles and um, retail. And I just wanted a change. I was doing some missionary work, volunteering with street pastors on the night of So spending a lot of time outside of the UK and my desires really turned to the UK. I noticed a real increase in the number of people that were sleeping on the streets and I really wanted to make a difference. So rather than me helping somebody with their 10th pair of shoes, I was really keen to sort of help and make a difference so help someone with their only pair of shoes so my heart was really to support people so I started volunteering and then a job came up and I became employed as a retail manager so it was really a combination of all my skills and my my, um, passions as well.
0: So you've been there for for a long time yes what would you say the the sort of main changes of perhaps like the past five years
2: um, at Mustard Tree and really how it's developed? I think that the development for me has really been about the growth and how we have adapted as a charity to meet the need. Um, we have never shied away from the challenges that Manchester faces. As Joe said, we've now got a really beautiful um, building that we can support our service users in. Um, we've risen to the challenge during COVID. Um, we've met the de- demand of the cost of living. Um, so they're some of the main challenges, along with different CEOs and just the changes that generally happen we've been able to meet i'm them. not a
1: challenge Just not <laughs> no. saying CEOs. Uh, but i um, on a serious note when i met fiona and um, she's one of the first people that i promoted and um, so when i went into the charity that it was quite um male driven quite operational operationally driven um in terms of uh, running the furniture offer running the community shop running the logistics side um but i i listened to fiona speak to one of our service users um over a very difficult conversation and I was just struck by her compassion but also her, um, her sort of clarity and firmness around um, options and um, consequences for this individual and it really Im- Im- sort of talks about empowerment and that's what Muster Tree is about, it's not about us offering handouts to people, it's about us offering hand-ups, it's about us actually saying to people this is the, the reality. Um, these are your choices and then supporting people to make those choices which Fiona did incredibly and then I'm just very fortunate she's a brilliant leader of people as well so um, yeah I've been very fortunate to uh, have great great leaders great women in the charity and uh, identified Fiona as one of those very early on. That's brilliant
0: yeah when I went and visited Mustard Tree I was really struck at how much of a dignified space it is Um, you know you, you, you really get a sense of positivity within the facility and I, was, I loved the furniture section and the upholstery you do and, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about operationally sort of how the charity runs, Joe, and, and you know, what, what people can do to get involved in supporting Mustard Tree on a practical level?
1: So Mustard Tree um, has been around about 25-30 years now in, in one form or another and originally it was set up by Dave and Shona Smith um, um, to actually provide food on the streets for people um, but pretty soon they realised that um, that was only sort of putting a sticking plaster over the issue. Um, and so they started to help people find homes and set up their first home through furniture um, because one of the reasons that people gave up tenancies was that they might have been with a community on the streets and they get moved out 10 miles away to live in an empty flat with nothing there. So they started to talk about making a home and that's really what I picked up when I was there five years ago was it's about as helping people to create a home and that's it's as important to really have space um, have nice bedding, have, clothes, have um, cushions, um, having access to food, having access to a bed to sleep on. Um, those things are as important as being able to secure a tenancy, which is getting harder and harder at the moment. But, but they're really important. It's about um, helping people improve their lives. Um, so Mustard Tree we offer, um, well basically there's three things we do. So people that want to um, get rid of stuff um, like furniture or clothing, um, we can go and collect that from them or they can donate it. And then we can give that stuff that's donated to us either directly to people in need. So over 40% of what's donated to us is given out to those people directly in need. Um, And the rest of it will sell at a discounted rate in our community shops that we have in Ancoats, in um, Little Holton, and Eccles in Salford. Um, So that's the the first thing we do. The second thing we do is um, we provide uh, training courses. So we talk about poverty not just being a poverty of um, finances but also of experiences. So we um, provide training around English language, around communication skills, around digital skills. And then the third thing we do is offer our Freedom Programme, and that's where we will work with people providing psychosocial one-to-one support to help people with their finances um, learn skills, learn training. And they volunteer with us for six months to help run the charity. At the end of that, they get accredited training they get work placements and they get hopefully access to to better income. So there's, there's three main straight streams to what uh, we Can
0: get. you just elaborate a little bit on, on the retail offering at Mustard Tree?
1: Certainly. So um, we offer um, food through our community um, shop, through our food club. So um, again, people will pay a small amount of money um, and they'll get items that are worth a lot more. We do furniture, we do clothing. But one of the most interesting things we do is um, white goods. So... We offer a training scheme as well around um, how we bring white goods in. We can clean them, we can pat test them, we can function test them, um, and then we can put them out onto the shop floor to sell them as well. So anything electrical, we um, are an unusual community shop in the fact that we um, we have a you know we aim to have a, a wide range of that whether that's um, toasters, microwaves, um, right through to fridges um, and washing machines Uh, they're always really popular so um, white goods we're really really passionate about as well
0: they're often things that are quite hard to get rid of as well aren't they if you're moving house or something so it can just be a bit of an inconvenience so um, and and we
1: can collect them that's great yeah um, we have seven furniture vans that can go out and collect them we've got a great team that will come and do that with you so uh, yeah really really um, passionate about anything electrical as well
2: how many people come through your doors annually annually up until sort of 8,000?
1: Yeah. yeah, so in terms of register for our, use our services is between sort of eight 9,000. But we have a footfall of 10,000, 10,000, 11,000 people a month that will come through to access the services that we do. Um, and, and the only thing that we um, focus on is poverty. So mm. um, we will welcome anyone, but the common denominator is that they will either have no money or very little money. Um, but we really focus on understanding the causes of homelessness, but homelessness is really the tip of the iceberg. So the people you see on the streets, there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of people underneath. Um, so it's a, for us, it's around preventing homelessness as much as it is about dealing with the people that um, that are currently homeless as well.
0: And how have you
2: seen the cost of living crisis impact the the need for your services? I think our service users have really found themselves in a situation where they're having to choose between putting on the electricity or having a meal. Um, for families... Um, it's parents not being able to clothe their children or provide some of the essentials that they need so they're really making hard decisions and we're trying our best to come alongside them not only to listen to the challenges that they're going through but to support to signpost them advocacy and being a voice for them and with other agencies and making sure that they can access the support that they need.
1: I think the other thing I'd say is that with you know in the last five years we're seeing people different types of people that come into the charity now so Certainly um, five years ago, when before we launched bed every night with um, other charities and with um, the mayor, we found a lot of people that were street homeless or were living in awful accommodation. I think now what's amazing is the amount of people we're seeing that have some form of work um, and very insecure tenancies um, or living in really horrific places. And, and it's so hard, we, you know yourself how hard it is now to try and find affordable private rented accommodation. And the reality is there has not been enough social housing built in Manchester and in the UK for the last 20, 30 years. So in short, there's a lot of people and there isn't enough housing. And so that means those that don't have the, you know, have the least resources are, are more negatively impacted. But it is certainly um, addressing people, a different cohort of people now than, than five years ago. And it's more frightening now, actually. It's more disheartening now because um, there seems to be less options. Um mm-hmm. At the start we lobbied a lot to the council to try and put people into accommodation um, and we have now have one of the highest numbers of people in temporary accommodation in the country we have over three and a half thousand families in temporary accommodation and that accommodation is not nice so it could be hostels it could be Bs, it could be hotels um and that or it could be shared housing um, but the concept of being temporary is that your children might be in school in um, harper hay but you might be living in withenshaw or vice versa and um, it's very very difficult um, now to um, provide that safety net for people. Um, and in the olden days, we just used to lobby the council or or demand that to happen. But, but realistically, I think Manchester last quarter had the highest number of presentations for people that were homeless than any other um, local authority in England. So there is something that seems to disproportionately be impacting us in the in the northwest.
0: And does that apply to women? Are women sort of adversely impacted Versus men, for yeah, example.
1: It's, it's a great question. I mean, what, people say to me, what do you do if women are begging on the streets or people are begging on the streets? And I always say, well, you know, I talk to them about mustard tree. I talk to them about do they know where places they can go. Um, I rarely give money. But i got to say that if it's 10 o'clock on a Friday night and I see a woman on the street, I will give money. And the reason I will is because their options of earning money um, are a lot less. So you know that that woman will be put into risk of either sexual harm or physical harm. Um, women are fundamentally more vulnerable when we're um, facing addiction or facing um, being taxed for the money that they'll make if they if they are begging um, so it's a bad example to give but I guess um, women are disproportionately impacted also women do a lot of the childcare so if you have a situation where we have women and children um, then again it's about trying to provide dignified options um, you wouldn't want a woman and child living in a hostel Next to, um, you know, a group of mainly, mainly men that might be under the influence, um, and we unfortunately have examples where women will come to us and say that they um, they slept in under the covers with their child, listening to pe- people banging on the doors and things like that. So, um, although it's it, it, a street homelessness is, I would say, predominantly male. There are examples uh, typically linked with addiction um, of women, but in temporary accommodation, I think you'd find that those numbers are a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't that women aren't resourceful, as we know, women are incredibly resourceful. It's the fact that um, systemically, there seems to be less opportunity for women to get them, get out of trouble um, because of uh, care caregiving duties or or just because of the of the fundamental vulnerability of um, of once you've lost your footing um, uh, through mental health issues, through addiction issues, or, or through um, family issues. Uh, trying to find the way back sometimes can be harder
0: harder for women yeah and we're obviously thrilled to be supporting mustard tree this year Um, everything that we're going to be doing is going to be driving back to raising funds for mustard tree and we're hugely passionate about the work that you do and it's amazing that you're you're giving so much back to the community can you tell us a bit about um, some of the initiatives that you've got coming up this year and particularly I'd be interested here if there's any that are slightly more female focused or any that are just helping to empower women in these really vulnerable situations.
2: So some of the um, initiatives that we've got coming up this year will be we're planning to have um, fashion shows and poetry events. We plan to also build partnerships where students can come in and offer skill sets. So whether that's how do I take up a pair of trousers? How do I change a zip rather than having to go out and buy a new pair of trousers? Um, so it's about giving those skills and having a safe space for all of our service users to come um, and be together in a space and upskill and progress on. That's uh, a
1: great great point Fiona makes. So safety is massive. So Mustard Tree for us is a place of safety. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for women, to give you an example... Um, when we w- understood that there were um, some people that were seeking asylum that um, were placed in some hotels in Manchester, one of the bi- biggest gaps was um, women-only safe spaces. So we partnered with the um, Women's Centre, Women's Aid, um, the Pankhurst Centre to offer women and children um, um, s- uh, support groups on a Friday where people could come in um, and be together, children could play together, they could talk, um, they could get some, some sense of normality in a women-only environment. Um, we've done other initiatives around um, supporting women. So that was a key thing for us when we identified that a lot of the English language classes across the city um, do not allow people to bring their children with them. So there was a big barrier to women to come to the English language classes because they couldn't bring their children. So one of the best times, if you, I'd love you to come on a Wednesday um, at Mustard Tree because we do English language classes, but it's when we have our um, babies and children will come So, um, And that can be anyone from sort of babies in arms up to sort of 16, 17-year-olds during the school holiday. The fact that you've got families learning together um, and you've got women learning with their their mums and tots learning together is really impactful. Um, And it's not about handout, again. It's about um, providing opportunities for um, women and for families to um, recover and to be able to um, access support. So if you don't have any money, it's difficult. But if you don't have any money, you don't speak... Uh, English then it's twice as hard so we just have to make sure that we provide safe family-based spaces that women feel comfortable in.
2: Yeah and I think we we demonstrated that as well when the families came across from Afghanistan and we did some women-only pamper days um, during that time as well so that was really well appreciated and well attended um, where people that have obviously had a traumatic journey to the UK could be pampered and looked after in our space
1: and linked to that we um for example being we identified a a gap that when people were coming over from afghanistan um there was a gap on people who had brought their children with just nothing else the child in a bag and so we um arranged through our supporters our donors like yourselves um to get lots of wheel and um, push chairs wheelchairs together and so our furniture vans took um lots and lots of um push chairs to manchester airport so that when they got off the plane they could have Um, something to put their babies in so um, that's an example why you wouldn't necessarily hear about that publicly and because our whole passion is about what people can do as opposed to what people can't do but we're definitely there for those people at the worst times in their lives when they don't have resources when they don't have options but we very very quickly focus on what people can do and can contribute Um, because in our experience if you give people opportunity uh, and you treat people with dignity um, then people recover. And I think that's the different message that we want to give out, which is um, there are some systemic reasons. I don't know why the level of inequality is so so feeling so stark at the moment in Greater Manchester. Um, but we're hopefully part of that solution to say it's about giving opportunity and chance um, and making sure we're proactive in how we do that.
0: Yeah, I was really fascinated when I visited the Ancoat site. At sort of every touch point, you're giving people opportunities to get involved, you know, in the kitchens, you know, the, the the food was amazing by the way. <laughs> I had a lovely lasagna, I really enjoyed Fantastic. it. Um but yeah, I think at every single touch point you're finding opportunities for people to get involved and to upskill, as you said, um, you know, your art classes and you've got an amazing space to to host events as well. So we were we've been thinking about things that we could do um with you there, like yoga and some things in that big space you've got upstairs. So
1: there's there's lots of really really nice, great things that are happening. Um, and... and and that's one of the reasons why I stay in this job is because of people like yourselves, organizations like Bloom organizations, or the corporate partners that support us in um Mustard Tree that gives me faith every day that, you know, if you read the news or you or you listen to um, you know, T V or radio about um what's happening, you would think that we are a nation of people that don't care and that um, are a nation that only cares about um you know what people can grab and have, and that is not the reality. The reality is, um, we are contacted every day by people such as the representatives of Bloom that will will want to help and will want to understand how best we do that. And money is really great for us, but so is the opportunity to volunteer, spend time on on our site, um, have conversations with people that may never have met anyone like yourself before, um, and that that sort of approach about understanding where we are. We live in a small patch of earth. Um, in this country and it's about us actually supporting um, each other and providing good news uh, good opportunities for progression rather than only focusing on the horrors and the the things that we see in the in the press
0: have you got any recent lovely stories that you can share of people that have really thrived off the back of using your services people that have come in and you know upskilled and and really sort of made the most of what you offer at mustard tree and then gone off to you know, live a more fulfilling life. Have you got any recent examples of people in the Northwest that that have used your services in that way?
2: Yeah, I can think of uh, one service user um and she has been in and out of homelessness um for a quite a while now, so her challenges with addiction and mental health um she came to us um in really bad condition and um, we've been able to build trust. Um not only provide for her physical needs, so that's been around food and around clothing. she then went on to join our freedom project, which is a six month employability and life skills project so she had the opportunity there to build community to make friends um she's since she's got actually a really she's got a great talent she's a really um skilled artist um so she's She's been a part of the events that she's we've ran. She's now in accommodation. Her life's been up and down you know she gets she takes one step forward sometimes a step back but ultimately um she is moving forward. she's now moved into new accommodation, so we've been able fortunate to help her make her house a home um so it's it's just a daily a daily journey of coming alongside um our clients it that we see so real rewarding. change absolutely. Another example um, of a lady that we helped was um, she was rough sleeping and we she was using our bin shed to as a safe place to sleep. Um, so we we supported her by bringing her inside, first of all, and protecting her dignity. She had a stoma bag, so she was really of ill health. So we were able to support her not only around her provision of clothing, we could make sure that she could get a shower and refresh. Um, and offer her a space to have a sleep and support her around her her health really because she was really reluctant to go to A&E or go to the GP to get her necessary um, medical wares for the stoma. So we had to support in that instance and support her by going and getting those provisions and coming alongside her to eventually visit Urban Village to get support around that as well.
1: A good news story is um, somebody that we work with who um, was seeking domestic violence, uh, sorry, was fleeing from domestic violence. And so as well as uh, practical support around um, supporting her to accommodation and the help around um, clothing and food um and training courses um she did a work placement through us with the lowry hotel and um she had a work placement for a couple of weeks and she did so phenomenally well that they've offered her a, a full-time job so she's um she's working there and if you the, the the dignity and the grace that this lady has um is incredible but if you'd have seen her six months prior to that um i mean she says herself that she, she can't believe that she's here and then we've got another lady that her passion was to create cakes and um She's managed to get um, a placement doing cake making and stuff like that, so there's, there's fantastic examples. Mm. The sad thing is, I'm just thinking when you mention that, is that we um, have had two 16 year old boys that have come to our organisation separately um, for help and they've been fleeing care um, in different parts of the country um, and trying to work with them to access support for them um, in Manchester or or in the places that they've come from has been incredibly difficult and in this day and age, you know, we, we, if we can't help a sixteen-year-old um, get support, then that's what breaks our heart, really. So, at the moment, we're probably feeling a bit fragile because that's mm-hmm. a bit new. So yeah. we so we do need to remember the good news that we've got because we have a lot of good news. But we're we, we are very passionate about advocating for the most vulnerable, um, and that means sometimes it can be really really dark in terms of uh, some of the um, blockages that we're against that we're up against.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, everyone was very chirpy and smiley when I visited and I really got a sense of people liked being there and you know, you could really tell it was a comfort um for the people that were there. Um but yeah, it at the end of the day it is a, a very hard hitting um situation for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. So you, you you do have those those negative stories as well. But it's great to see that people are coming out off the back of, you know, the training courses and using your services to then flourish, which is amazing. Um are there sort of what what other ways can people get involved? So you mentioned you know volunteering and people can come and um, you know see the facility for a day and take part in various different activities. Um, how do people get involved in that? And is there sort of a, a limit on how many people you accept in the year?
1: No, we out. don't do limits um, <laughs> and we need as much help as we can get to um, to cope with demand because unfortunately the demand is just uh, incredible. Um, it's not going away and won't do for a couple of years, we don't think. Um, we are building more houses, for example, but it's going to take a few years for that to actually um, happen. So uh, always remember that if you're looking to donate clothing, even if it's not great clothing, we can still rag it and we can get paid money for it. So put it in a bag, market rags and we can get stuff like that. That's really helpful. Um, it's really helpful to donate stuff. So remember that if you're donating a bed, the likelihood is we're going to give that away to somebody. We're not going to sell that um, because of our referral scheme and, and identifying people most in need. Um, and cash is good. So bright, rich people out there, if you uh, we have, we have a new um, campaign called the High Fibers campaign. So we're trying to get 10,000 people across Greater Manchester to give us five pounds a month um, to actually keep us going and keep us sustainable, so that we can. Um, deliver longer term support and longer term solutions rather than just trying to do an initiative one month and then having to stop it the next.
2: Yeah. Um, I'd say as well any sort of support that could be offered in terms of skill set around um, helping us to help our service users build confidence and self-belief so this year we're really going to you know, focus in on representation groups, we believe that the answer to some of the challenges that are being faced are within the communities so we want to hear from the people that we're trying to support and we want to help them to build their confidence. So anything around that skills that could be maybe given in a female only workshop would be great.
0: Well, obviously at Bloom North, we're going to be doing all we can to raise funds for Mustard Tree. Um, I know that there's already people within our network that are really keen to come along and do a volunteering day as well. I think it's a really, really invaluable way to just get insight into the amazing work that you do there, um, like I say, I was just blown away by it, and I think it's just so impressive. What is the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to support outside of Bloom?
1: So there's our website, which is um, www.mustardtree.org.uk. Um, they can ring our telephone number, which is 0161 850 2282, or they can pop into Ancoats. So um, some nice bars. So uh, pop into Ancoats. We're open on Saturdays as well. Um, we've got a cafe there, so if you wanted to come, two pound fifty for a cup of tea and a baked potato. Yeah, we've also, can't be beaten. Yeah,
2: we've got two hubs as well in Salford, uh, one in Little Holton and one in Eccles, which um, operate the same but just on a smaller scale.
0: Thank you both so much for your time. We've we run out of time, which has gone so fast. Um, but it's been really fascinating to talk to you both. And as I mentioned at Bloom North, we're going to be doing lots to support Mustard Tree this year. In fact, we were actually only at your space the other day. Um, A few of our connections were doing a self-protection class at Your Space, which is the only female-run self-protection workshop in the UK. Uh, I believe it was a big success.
2: Yes, one of my colleagues actually attended the session and she raved about that session. Um, Just by listening to her experience, I felt empowered as a woman um, to have the skills. We would be really, really keen to have a session like that within Mustard Tree for our our women. That would be really good. For the service users yeah Yeah.
0: definitely um i heard it was fantastic and it was really well received so um hopefully we can get that in the schedule for this year as well thank you both so much for your time today please do check out the episode description for links to mustard tree uh, where you can find out more about the great work that they do and how you can get involved also please keep an eye out on any fundraising initiatives throughout the year and we'd be really grateful if you can support their wonderful work Thanks very much for joining us for another episode of The Blooming North. We'd love to hear from you. So if you've not already, please go to Bloom North, become a connection. We hope you found this podcast interesting. Please do share it with any of your colleagues and friends. Also, get in touch if you've got any thoughts on topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Until next time, we'll see you soon. This podcast was brought to you by Channel Factory, who ensure that all your advertising appears in the most brand safe and brand suitable environments across all your YouTube campaigns.